Hello and welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with me, Troy Francis. Welcome. I hope that you are having a great day. It's good to be back. Good to be talking to you guys again. Um, with me, what's been happening? Well, bank holiday weekends here in the UK and Memorial Day in America. So everyone's had a few days off. I've been predictably spending a lot of that working on content and so on. The book, How to Get Hot Girls Into Bed, a guide for the modern Casanova, is imminent. Now, I know pretty much every week since I started this podcast, I've been trailing this book and you're probably getting bored with it and you're probably thinking, just give us the bloody book already, where is it? Um... Yeah, so um, it, it really is imminent. Uh, it's been uploaded to Amazon. I'm putting it up for pre-order. Um, it's at the approval stage at the moment. So I'm expecting to have a big announcement on that very, very soon. But all of the formatting has been completed. It looks fantastic. The cover looks great, which you've probably already seen across social media. Um, yeah, so really, really excited about that. And watch this space because in order to celebrate the launch of that new book, I'm also going to uh, do a bit of a deal on my previous two books, which are The Seven Laws of Seduction and also Text Game Mastery. So there's going to be a special promotion coming up on all of my stuff uh, in the coming week. So look out for that, uh, follow me on Twitter and so on, and you will, uh, all will become clear very, very soon. So yeah, you know, it's great to <clears throat> um, come to the end of a project like that. I'm really looking forward to the feedback. I hope the, the book gives a lot of value. Um, although it's essentially a collection of linked essays and articles on game that I've written over the last three or four years. So although a lot of the content was pre-existing, um, it's actually taken quite a lot of work to put it together in its current state, which I think has got a flow to it. I think there's a bit of a narrative to it, um, tells a bit of a story and also kind of gives you, it's not a step-by-step -step guide on game, but it certainly takes you through, you know, the kind of background mindsets that you need in terms of the red pill, the sexual marketplace. Then it talks a lot about the, the sort of inner game techniques and concepts that, that you really need to internalize. Uh, and then finally, the biggest section of all, it goes on to talk about actual tactics, so getting down to brass tacks, what you actually need to do when you're out and about in the field. So uh, excited about that and watch this space for more information. Um, I'm also working on another book, which is, I'd say, probably 80% complete, um, a kind of a different theme to this one. Again, very excited, but I'll give more away as we get nearer to the time, but I'm aiming to get that uh, to my editor um, and format it towards the end of the week. So hopefully um, not too far in the future after the, uh, after the release of How to Get Hot Girls Into Bed, you will be seeing the fourth Troy Francis game work out on the shelves. Uh, the other thing to say is that I am, some people have asked me about this and it's something that I should have got round to a long time ago, but I will be making uh, paperback copies of all of my books or certainly perhaps not Text Game Mastery because that really is quite a short 
um, you know, little little guide, but certainly for the larger book. So The Seven Laws of Seduction, How to Get Hot Girls into Bed, and then this new one, um, I will be doing paperback versions as well, which will be available on Amazon. So um, if you prefer to read on paper, and <clears throat> actually I do myself, generally speaking, then those will be coming out soon as well. So lots of stuff happening. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. So today, let's get into the topic. Now, what I wanted to talk about, and again, this is um, a podcast based on an article, because when I looked at my stats for the last seven days, I saw that the most popular article that I put up in the last week was one called Five Fundamental Facts About Picking Up Girls That Every Man Needs to Know. It was something that I did, uh, I wrote on May the 21st, put it up there, and it was just a sort of a, it was a fairly off-the-cuff article actually when I wrote it. I just thought it would be useful for me to write out a selection of the top things that you know, years ago when I was first getting into game, I really, and even before I was getting into game, because I always talk about this, but there's a kind of a, um, like a, a BC and an AD of game for me. There's like a, a BG before game and then AG after game. Um, but even in the BG before game period, I was still hit, hitting on girls. I mean, it wasn't, um, it was just that I was doing it in an untutored way. I was doing it without any knowledge of any theory or anything. And then in around 2005, when the game came out and I started to read forums and stuff, then the techniques I, I was using were more <clears throat> grounded in, you know, ideas that I'd read online or in books and so on. But, you know, I mean, the continuity was there because I'd always hit on girls. It was just that before I didn't really know what I was doing. And then slowly over time, I put a bit more of a framework around it. Um, so anyway... Um, the five things that I listed were things that I wish I'd have known pre-game, actually in the BG period, you know, before I'd even read any game. It's just things that I wish I'd known before I started approaching girls, before I started, um, you know, getting into relationships with girls, dating girls, chatting up girls, sleeping with girls and all the rest of it. So if you're new, if you're a beginner, then these things, um, you're very lucky to be hearing these things because I wish I'd have known about them. Um, and if you're an intermediate or advanced, then it will be interesting for you to compare and to see whether these are the things maybe that you would have thought of uh, or if there are certain other factors that you might have wished that you knew about before you started in-game. And if there are, please do leave me a comment um, or drop me an email or hit me up on Twitter or whatever to let me know. I'd be very interested to know some of the important things that you wish you'd known about game before. So let's get into it. So the first one on the list, and these aren't in any particular order, but number one on the list is looks matter, but not that much. And I put this first because naturally this is one of the key things that guys think about and worry about and get anxious about when they get into game because it's the... Well, I think it really comes from the way that we look at women as guys, because as everybody knows, guys are very visual. We are primarily physically attracted to women, so we tend to be drawn to women who are beautiful, who have shapely figures, who are younger than us. Um, and these are all 
indicators basically that she is fertile, that she is capable of carrying a child, essentially. Now, whether or not you want to be a father doesn't come into it. You're still uh, biologically drawn to those same things, whether in, in reality you actually want to have a kid or not. In most cases, you probably don't. You're just looking to have sex and um, <clears throat> go on your merry way. But, you know, you're still biologically drawn to those same factors. So guys are very visual and we think about looks all the time. We evaluate girls largely on their looks. And I don't mean that in a misogynistic sex is kind of a way unfortunately it's it's just true it's just the way things are and look i mean you know do girls evaluate men on their their looks as well yes of course they do i i think we've got to get a balanced view of this looks thing because there are people in the game pickup community who will sort of give the impression that looks don't matter at all you know as long as you've just got some cool lines and you can say some fancy things and you're good at storytelling and DHVing and whatever else it is then looks don't matter at all and that's bollocks as well and the reason I mean I think we all kind of know that probably deep down but the reason that I put here that I, I know about that is when I go to I go to a number of events that are pretty sexually liberated let's say so I go to things like Torture Garden in London which is a hell of a lot of fun if you search on my site you can find um, some articles about it. So, um, it's a really good laugh. And yeah, if you're in London, give it a go. But um, club events like that differ from normal standard club events in that basically sex is allowed. So although people, I'm sure, have sex in regular clubs and these things happen, uh, it, at things like Torture Garden, Kit Kat Club in Berlin, Berghain in Berlin... Um, different places like that, Killing Kittens in London, events like this which sort of lean towards the BDSM fetish scene or the swinger scene or the sex scene in general, um, they're very sexual environments. So people are going there primarily to hook up, to have sex, to do all sorts of kinky, naughty things together, which is, is, is great. Um, and that's one of the reasons it, it makes a great hunting ground for girls because the girls who tend to be drawn to those type of events are, you know, by nature, the ones who are open to experimentation. So great for the pickup guy to try these kinds of events. If, I mean, it's a bit of an acquired taste. You have to get used to it. You have to get a certain kinds of outfits to, to, to go with. But, you know, a lot of fun. Anyway, um, because these are very sexual events and that is sort of the primary purpose of them, what you tend to see is hypergamy in its rawest form. And what I mean by that is, is female uh, selection taking place in real time in its rawest, most primal form. So who is it, out of all the guys that are assembled in any of these events, who are the guys who are getting laid with the hot girls? Well, I'm afraid to say, generally speaking, it is the guys who are best looking. So these are the men who are tall, facially handsome, with thick hair, broad shoulders, strong legs, wide chests, big biceps, so on and so forth. Um, and that is just the reality of it. I was at Torture Garden 
a couple of weeks ago in London and I saw a guy who looked like that, who I think may have been French from the snippets of his accent I heard. He looked very arrogant, um, kind of bearded, very arrogant, tall, dark, very sort of dismissive. And one of the hottest girls that I'd seen in the club and her friend were talking to this guy and the guy's friend and I'm sort of observing and uh, a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes later and they all start making out with each other and then who knows what happened after that. They probably ended up going to the couple's room and having sex and, um, you know, whatever else. So, yes, I mean, the reality is that, of course, women are drawn to men who are good-looking and who have good physiques. And, you know, we can't really get around that one. And to some extent, game can't even really get around that one. And what you have to be conscious of and wary of is going into game with the idea that it's some sort of a magic trick that you can, um, you know, you can entirely undermine the biological programming of you know, human beings that's been going on for 200,000 years. I mean, of course you can't. And if you are, you know, a squat kind of, uh, you know, man-boobed, beer-bellied slob and you walk into that environment and you've got the hot, uh, muscular, arrogant French dude standing next to you, then the chances are, however good your game is, it's going to be him that's going to get laid and not you. And that's, you know, just the way it is. But... All of this would be profoundly depressing if it wasn't for the fact, really, the purpose of game is to beat the system. So, you know, <clears throat> I'm not six foot four. I am not even six foot. I'm, a, you know, just, uh, just shy of six foot. Um, you know, my physique is, is okay, but I'm not a gym rat. I mean, I, I guess I could go further in that direction. I go to the gym quite a lot, but I'm not, uh, I'm pretty toned, but I'm not, uh, you know, a men's health cover model by any means. Uh, I think my looks are okay. Um, I think they're quite, I mean, uh, probably average to good, but I don't think I am stunning. I don't think that I am model material. Well, I'm certainly not model material. Um, I've certainly been passed over many times before in my life for uh, better looking guys, if you like. So, you know, I am really a pretty average catch I suppose um, but nevertheless through learning game and through practicing it and through persistence I have consistently been able to achieve sex and uh, romantic encounters if uh, to be a, to be a little bit less crude about it with a lot of girls that I would say are above me in terms of looks so, and you know, and some of them, some of them nines, I mean, I, tens, difficult one, what's a, what's a 10 really, but certainly eights and nines, um, girls I would say are a good couple of points above me, point, point and a half above me, uh, I have managed to get, and I owe that to, to learning game, because I wasn't getting those girls, generally speaking, before I learned game. I think I, I fluked it a couple of times and I got some quite pretty girls, but in general, learning game and and also and you it's not just about learning game, it's also about applying it and being consistent and basically approaching a lot has enabled me to experience 
um, some of those girls that maybe otherwise I wouldn't have done. So what game does, it doesn't override the you know, biological reality of the situation that women, of course, are going to be attracted to high value, you know, physically high value men. But it does even up the playing field a bit and it gives you a shot if you are prepared to work at it and if you're prepared to put the numbers in. So, yes, looks matter, but they don't matter as much as you think. You can still, if you're confident, if you're dominant, if you're leading, if you're cocky funny, if you're all of those things, then you are still in with a chance. If it came down to a fair uh, fight between, <laughs> not a physical fight, if it came down to a contest between you and the better looking guy and you were both trying for the girl and you had really good game and he didn't, would you get her? Difficult to say. Maybe not. Maybe you wouldn't. But the good thing is that it doesn't always come down to that because you'll be doing day game. You know, uh, if that girl's with that guy, there's there's billions of girls on the planet. Just go for a different one. It's fine. Go to a different country. There's always other options. So, you know, learning game evens up the playing field, even if it doesn't override the uh, biological fundamentals. Point two, she will always test you. So when I was at school, when I first started asking girls out, when I was younger, you know, and I'm sure we all had this really, I was puzzled, offended um, and frustrated many times by all of the sort of barriers to entry they seemed to throw up, you know, and even walking up to a girl, it would feel as if you were on trial. And it was really at odds with what I'd seen on telly um, and on films and so on, where they made it look as though all you had to do was walk up to the girl, start talking to her, tell her you like her, and then that's it, you're in. And of course, it's not really like that. And what I wish I'd have known um, when I was a lot younger was that testing is just part and parcel of it. Um, she's not necessarily trying to be a bitch. I mean, she might be, but you know, a lot of girls do these things subconsciously. Um, she is just acting out a script that's sort of hard written into her, if you like. Um, testing is just part of it, and you've got to be prepared to uh, take those tests and to pass them. And, you know, as I've said before, and as other people have said, the, the best way really to pass shit tests, as they are called in the community, pickup community, is to ignore them, is probably the best thing. What you don't really want to be doing is getting into a logical argument with a girl about you know, her tests, whatever object, objection she's got to you, because then you're showing a weak frame and you've you've lost, really. You want to be kind of ignoring it, laughing it off, treating her like a little girl who's just being silly, um, and swerve it that way, really. Um, but I, as I say, I really wish I'd have known that when I was younger, because rather than getting butt hurt or getting confused or frustrated, I would have realised it was just half of the course really and it was just something that I'd have to go through and every guy goes through to a to a greater or lesser extent with girls which leads on then to point three which is it's supposed to be difficult she's weeding out inferior men and yes very important it's meant to be difficult the testing is there for a reason and the reason doesn't benefit you but it does benefit her because what she is seeking to do is to find the best quality caliber 
guy that she can. And going back to the point about looks, of course, that may be partially based on looks, but it's not solely based on looks because as well as uh, a fine physical specimen of a guy, she's also looking for somebody who can stand up for her, who is masculine, who knows his own mind, who isn't going to be thrown off course just because a girl, you know, gives him some shit about why is he still single or is he older than her or something like that, whatever kinds of tests that, that girls will come up with. So what you need to remember is that she is doing this on purpose. And as I said, not necessarily consciously, but the impetus behind it is purposeful because the outcome of it for her is that she gets an understanding of if of what you're made of you know are you really the kind of alpha guy that you are presenting yourself as or are you actually a bit of a fake and you're a bit of a wuss and you are putting up a front in order to try to impress her. So that's why it's all the more important to take these tests on the chin, to pass them by, as I said, ignoring them or laughing them off, and to, you know, to show that you're bulletproof, to show that you are the kind of guy who is going to stand up for her and to her, that you're a masculine guy and that your frame is very, very strong. Number four. Even if it's a sure thing, you can still mess up. God, yes, I'm afraid this is the case. And why do I wish I'd known that before? Well, I suppose... Uh, I suppose it would have helped me to avoid some disappointments. I suppose if I'd have known this before I'd started approaching girls, it might have made me a bit more vigilant to this, it might have made me a bit more aware, uh, a bit more careful in the way I presented myself, and so on. All right, so the difficulty here is when you listen to somebody like uh, Tom Torero talks a lot about this, that there are three types of girls that you meet. I think Krause would talk about this as well. So, and it resonates really with something I was reading in a book. Oh, what book was it? The other day where it said, effectively, uh, James Altucher, actually, Choose Yourself by James Altucher, which is a really good book I'd recommend uh, you to have a look at about choosing yourself in the new, um, in the new digital economy and how you know, you don't need to wait for somebody else to select you. If you're a writer, you don't need to wait for a publisher. If you're a singer, you don't need to wait for a record deal. You need to choose yourself and uh, get on with it and do it. Do it for yourself because now we have the tools to do that. But anyway, I'm going at a tangent. So what he says in that book is that basically 30% of people are going to like you. 30% of people are going to hate you. And 30% of people are going to be indifferent. And that's really just the way it is. And you're not going to change that substantially. Um, and if you do try to change that substantially, then I suppose there's a likelihood that you've compromised yourself in some way. You know, if you try to make everyone like you, then you end up becoming bland and you know, kind of forgettable and superficial, I think. So, as I said, Tom Torero 
And Krauser would talk about yes girls, no girls, and maybe girls. So that, uh, when you go out on a day game session or a night game session or anything really, um, there are going to be a lot of girls who will say no, who just aren't interested. And really with those girls, game is not going to make any difference. I mean, if she's not up for it, she's not up for it. And that's that's it. You know, maybe she's got a boyfriend, maybe she's married. Maybe, you know, you are just not her type physically. And okay, while those things can sometimes be overcome, a no girl is a, is a no girl. She's just not up for it. So there's nothing that you can do to turn that situation around. Then you're going to get maybe girls. And maybe girls, they say, are where the game is played. So these are girls who are sort of, yeah, he's, you know, I kind of quite like him, but I'm seeing this guy and I don't know. And yeah, he's, he's okay. You know, he's good, good looking, but, you know, and those are the girls that you need to, you know, do game on in order to, to change their mind, to, to make them into yes girls. And those are girls where, yes, you can turn things around using game tactics and you can have success with those girls. And then the other type of girl, which is the girl that everybody wants to meet, are uh, you have the yes girls. And the yes girls uh, are girls who, who just like you. You know, the girls who, who just, for whatever reason, they, they just like you and, and that's it. You know, you didn't really have to do anything amazing. Um, and I would get this a lot, you know, when I was doing night game more, I would go to the club and I would get, I don't know, a whole bunch of rejections. Then maybe I'd get a few, you know, kind of nice interactions that didn't really go anywhere. And then all of a sudden I'd just get some girl and I'd talk to her and I wouldn't do anything amazing. And she was just into me. She just liked me, you know, and a couple of minutes later, we'd be making out and then, you know, maybe we'd go home together or whatever would happen. Uh, happens in day game as well. Uh, I remember in particular um, this Bahrainian girl that uh, I met who, I mean, I'd had a pretty lousy day of it, really. I'd gone around getting all of these no's, all of these rejections and so on, and then met this girl, 21, and she just she just really liked me. I don't know why she just really did. And we met up on a date in a in a nice lounge that I go to often. And you know she was just all over me. She just really liked me. And it wasn't because I'd done anything spectacular. It wasn't because you know I I my game had been amazingly on point or anything. It was kind of coincidence. And it sort of happened the other day as well with this uh, Korean girl. South Korean girl that I met, and there's uh, an article about that over at my website, so you can find out more about what happened there. But, and actually I've written about it for Return of Kings as well, and I have pulled out a bit of um, structure from it. I have picked out some tactics that, you know, that I use, because, and this links into this point here, even when there's a yes girl, you can still mess it up. And how do you mess it up? Uh, generally by being boring, to be honest, or being boring or not leading and escalating. So you get the yes girl, she really likes you, but then you can disappoint her. And I've done this, so I'm not calling anybody out because I've done this plenty of times and I've always regretted it. I mean, I remember one time I went to a dinner with some people from the place where I did my postgraduate degree and there was my tutor was there and some other people and there was this girl there that I didn't know and um you know I walked in and she looked at me and her eyes kind of lit up she got that sort of big puppy dog eye look that girls get when they're interested and I, I could just tell that she liked me um and I sat down next to her and we started talking but the problem was 
I was tired. Um, I'd had a lot on that week, I think. I was kind of, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd had stuff on my mind. I wasn't in a particularly gamey sort of a mood. And, you know, my conversation with her was pretty flat. I didn't, you know, create sexual tension. I didn't tell stories. I didn't make her laugh. I didn't lead. You know, I ended up asking her about her job. I sort of said, I remember saying, oh, what, so what do you, what do, you do then? And I, I'll always remember the look that she gave me when I said that. She looked back at me with this kind of disappointment in her face and she said, do you really want to talk to me about my job? Um, and, you know, it, and I, I didn't recover from it. And later in the evening, some other guys came in and I, you know, she started chatting to this kind of good looking guy um, and spent the rest of the evening, you know, chatting to him and I'd blown myself out. And, you know... There was no, if I'd have approached that situation differently, if I'd have been different in the way that I'd spoken to her, that I don't think need have happened. So, you know, you've got to be careful with yes girls because yes, there are girls who are going to naturally like you, but you can mess it up. And, you know, another way of doing that is by not leading. And I've talked before in articles about how attraction is a, a window, really. You get a certain amount of time and if you don't jump through that window, then it closes and it often never opens again. So, you know, uh, of course, there are different situations. There will be girls who may have a crush on you all through high school and then finally, you know, you get together and stuff. But by and large, even if the girl is, is likes you, don't be overly gamey. Don't go up and start being all, you know, trying all these sort of mystery method techniques or something. But, you know, you've got to be charismatic you've got to be interesting you've got to be funny a little bit cocky and you've got to lead the interaction as well because even if she likes you and even if she, she's kind of covertly uh, communicated that through her eye contact or whatever she's not gonna lead it for you that it's your responsibility to do that so if you get a yes girl then that's great happy days but just be mindful that it's still not a sure thing until you've um until until the deal has been sealed, basically. And then the final point, number five, what you actually say isn't that important. And um, I would get a lot of people asking me, you know, what should I say in this situation? What's the best line? You know, that's the classic thing, isn't it? People, if somebody is a, is a pickup artist, people will say, so what's your line? What do you say? You know, because guys imagine that there's this sort of magic formula that you know if you just say these few things then she'll be you know she'll be in your bed in two minutes later and it's it's bollocks really I mean there was the there is the whole school of thought around you know using suggestive um words and lines and so on I mean I, I'm very skeptical that any of that really works um but but ultimately it's it's not really what you say at all certainly in terms of an approach that matters what it's about is is about sexual chemistry but sexual chemistry isn't created solely out of what you say it's also created out of what you do and the way in which you do it so basically you need to be dominant you need to look dominant you need to look masculine you need to look sexy not in the way that you physically look but you need to convey the fact that you are a sexual being you need to be you need to look a bit unpredictable 
all of these things really needs to go into the mix so that when you walk up to her and you, you talk to her and you look at her directly in the eye, great eye contact, confident, sexual, dominant, and you can say pretty much anything. I mean, I've said some absolute bollocks to girls um, over the years. It really doesn't matter very much at all as long as you are, you know, as long as you are embodying the dominant alpha male characteristics in every other part of you. In fact, a lot of conversations I've had with girls in particularly in clubs and things have been really pretty nonsensical and not impressive at all. I mean, if if you wrote it down as a script and put it on the internet and said, yeah, this is my game, people would be like, well, what the what the hell is that? You went up and said, hey, how's it going? Yeah, this place is really cool or some shit like that. You know, it's not impressive. Um, but what they don't see is what's going on in the subcommunication, and that's the really important bit. And the other thing to bear in mind about this as well is when you think about it, all of game really is about imitating or embodying the characteristics of a high-value man. But would a high-value man really spit a load of game? Um, if you're Orlando Bloom, who shagged that um, waitress in London recently, the 21-year-old waitress which I linked to on Twitter and on my, on my website because um, it was kind of an interesting story. Very attractive young girl, Romanian um, heritage, I think, uh, ended up having sex with Orlando Bloom, which kind of interested me for a number of reasons. Not least because Orlando Bloom is in his 40s, I think. So um, you had that age differential. But, you know, in that situation, can you imagine that Orlando Bloom went in with a load of prepared lines and clever little jokes and fancy things. Of course he didn't, because he didn't need to, because he's Orlando Bloom. You know, he just has to rock up and be Orlando Bloom, and the girl's going to want to sleep with him because he has that inherent value. And I'm not saying it's going to be like that for you if you're not Orlando Bloom, you're just a guy in the street, but there is a learning there, and the learning is that... If you are too much of a dancing monkey, if you look like you're trying too hard, in a way, with what you say and the kinds of things that you're saying, then in a way, that can be a turn-off for the girl because you're demonstrating that you are lower value. You are uh, implying that you need to do this extra stuff. You need the bells and whistles because without them, you are not sufficient. You're not good enough for her. So really, in a sense, saying less, and certainly saying less clever things, is a strategy that can work in your favour. But as I say, you've got to have the rest of it down. You've got to have your confidence down. You've got to have your look down. You've got to have the way you walk down, the way that you hold eye contact, the way that you stand in front of her. Are you looking dominant? Are you looking like a man or are you looking like you know you're a frightened schoolboy you know but get all of those things right and really what you say it's not about the lines it's about your presence and it's about how you convey that to the girl now that's not to say that talking a lot doesn't help and it certainly does and it might be in that situation you walk up to the girl and then you need to talk for a minute or a minute and a half without her saying anything in order to to get things going and that can be very attractive for women too but again you know, and I did this in Torture Garden a couple of weeks back. Um, I, I approached this girl and 
I had all of those things that I was talking about down. You know, I, I, the approach was very good. It was sort of sexual. It was kind of sparky. And then we're looking at each other. And then I started talking. But what I was saying was kind of bullshit. You know, I just kept talking for about a minute. Well, maybe less than a minute. So let's say, you know, 40 seconds or something. And then we started making out. And the fact that I've been able to talk for that for those 40 seconds, I think impressed her in the sense that, you know, here's a guy who's able to come and hold his own and speak and not be intimidated and so on. But I don't think the content of what I said impressed her because it was, frankly, nonsense. So don't be too worried. And, and the other thing is as well, particularly if you're doing night game, everyone's drunk anyway. I mean, they're not going to be that bothered. We're not talking about a, you know, Nobel Prize winning symposium on you know, economic history or something. I mean, this is pretty low-level stuff anyway. So, you know, don't worry too much about the content of what you're saying as long as you've got the other things down. Okay, that is it. Those are my five things that I realised I wish I'd known before I got into game. Now you know them. So if you're just getting into game, hopefully that's helped. It might be that there are some other fundamental facts that you think that guys should know before they get into game. So if there are, please, as I said, uh, let me know via Twitter uh, or via my site or if I post this on my blog in the comments. And I look forward to speaking with you guys again next week. Until then, bye-bye.